0: If we have multiple personas for mm-hmm. different use cases, gotcha. um, the three we target are um, uh, product managers, mm-hmm. uh, UX uh, engineers, and researchers, and product marketing mm-hmm. managers. But like one of the areas that don't really get as much attention is product mm-hmm. management, you know, mm-hmm. and seeing how like product management could be automated um, with these um, these models, these algorithms make the product manager like a super product manager (laughs) right so i think that's the future and that's where we're kind of going and just really understand um the reasons why people are using your product and like who they are as a person that's how you build a company you know because a company is nothing without people without users and employees
1: hey there everyone welcome back to future product my guest today is Dwayne samuels he's the co-founder and ceo at same logic Dwayne, would you mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit more about Same Logic and what you guys do?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, thank you for having me on the show, Max. Um, it's my a pleasure. pleasure to be on and uh, great to be a part of where you're building. Um, you. So pretty much, um, yeah, uh, I think my uh, interest in this field started mm-hmm. um, when I pretty much went to college. You mm-hmm. know, um, uh, I was around a group of friends who we were always always building really cool things um and uh we entered into this uh, competition that microsoft had for student student um uh uh uh, uh entrepreneurs and like um a computer scientists and engineers and they called it the microsoft imagine cup and okay. what happened uh my co-founder and i at the time we built this product um in from jamaica i'm originally from jamaica by the way
1: okay
0: um we entered and we beat Every single team in the world it was ninety six different teams. Wow. Um, we uh, and 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 for, because of that, we got you know invited to many different things around um, the country or across the world, um, and yeah, it just got us thinking, you know, about like well, what would happen in the future. It allowed us to create three startups, um, and same logic as uh, the last um, company that we've uh, created together.
1: Okay, gotcha. Very cool. I would imagine that must have been pretty validating winning that competition.
0: Yes, it was a really great um, feeling because mm-hmm. it it, it will let you know that regardless of where you're from, you can actually build things that you know are are pretty great.
1: No, hundred percent. What uh, what originally got you into building product? And uh, are you technical also?
0: I consider myself a technical and a bit more on like the design side as well. Um, gotcha. still just like still learning sales, the sales side mm-hmm. and the marketing side and everything. Um, but I'm, uh, my co-founder is way more technical than I am. Gotcha. Um, so I do more of the design, um, uh, writing and different things like that. And he controls, you know, like what happens on the technical side with the technical team. Um, but I, I would say my love for this kind of started because of my father.
1: Okay.
0: Um, my father, uh, uh, runs his own company, um, in the construction, um, industry cool. and, before that, uh, in uh, in the the nineties, the early nineties, uh, late eighties, early nineties, he was a manager mm-hmm. at a clothing factory. Um, okay. And then Jamaica had the recession; so many companies closed down, and he lost mm-hmm. his job. You know, he had to like teach himself um, how to, um, you know, become uh, uh, like build something that people wanted. You know, so mm-hmm. he went into the construction industry, and I've seen him struggle. Um, I've seen him like build things. I've seen the way how he, he conducts um the relationships with um the people that he he builds with, you know, um because I on summers I used to work with him. Um oh, okay, uh, gotcha. drive around and everything like that. And really and truly, um with my passion for for software and for building um digital products, it kinda of made me realize that interactions with people um is what really matters. And mm-hmm. the software only exists to make um that happen a bit more bit faster and, and at, right. at scale, you know? Right. So, um, so I think it, it started from there.
1: Okay, gotcha. It makes sense. I, uh, I've definitely heard that a lot, right? Having, you know, any close example of somebody that you look up to who is in entrepreneurship is such a powerful force, uh, whether it be a parent or a mentor. Um, was your family pretty, you know, supportive of you going into software and, and kind of technology as a field?
0: Yeah, they always knew. I'd be technical. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, before, uh, when I was growing up, I actually wanted to be um, a paleontologist or, oh, um, or archaeologist. Yeah. Um, Same here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, since I was like three to six, mm-hmm. that's why I told my mom. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, when I was around seven-ish, uh, one of my, uh, my friends uh, got his first computer. Um, I went a few, over there a few days and... I realized that you know, like, there you can actually build stuff. You can play video games right. and also like learn how to build things, and it just yeah. opened my mind to so much more. And then I taught myself um, how to like code in C plus um, plus, build websites in HTML, different gotcha. things like that, and uh, that kind of pushed me into the track that I went into high school. So I was mm. on an, on a general track, but doing computer science in high school. And yeah. then when I went to college, I did the same thing as well.
1: Very cool. Very cool. And are you still out of Jamaica?
0: I uh, know. Uh so currently uh, the company is based out of San Francisco. I'm between gotcha. San Francisco and DC. I'm currently in DC right now. Okay. Um so well actually in the DMV. Um just say D- okay. DC so like people kind of know it, the yeah. the exact area. Um gotcha. but yeah, in the DMV area.
1: Very cool. Very cool. What well, what has um in terms of, you know, starting your business in America coming from a Jamaican family? Has there been any I don't know kind of um difficulty with making the adjustment living here running a business here uh, culturally from from any perspective
0: oh uh, yeah it's uh it's it's been a very interesting um, experience mm-hmm. um even to this day um my wife um, who grew up here um yeah. she she has to you know let me know like certain um, unspoken. She has to speak the unspoken rules, mm. you know. Um, yeah. sometimes, but for the for 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 the most part, it's uh, we share very similar culture. So the I mm. think assimilation was very easy. Um, I, we would speak English back home. Mm. Um, we consume mostly American media back home. Um, and during summers as well, I used to spend some summers here. Um, Got used to come it. and visit family, so that helped with understanding everything. And um, I also like Jamaicans just being very warm and friendly um mm-hmm. it kind of helps you to like meet people very quickly and you know gotcha. just understand things from many different um points of view. so so i think that helped
1: that's awesome that's awesome um so uh kind of back to same logic a bit were you always of the mind that you wanted to build an ai product or was that kind of happy accident
0: no so um so We've been having these conversations. my co-founder and I um, we've been having these conversations for like since that time in college okay um and uh f- the the last trip, so we went to Egypt one year and then we went to Warsaw the following year and then in Warsaw, we saw some you know um people talking about what, what the future of products would be like. they, they showed mm. like what devices would look like um and everything like that and Sean and I were talking. Like saying, probably in the future, these devices will kind of just learn from you and build mm. the products that you actually want, the apps or um, the, the experience that you want. Yep. Um, so rather than having everyone having the same iOS, it'll be like an iOS like that's designed for you. Mm. Um, so it wouldn't come with any apps or anything like that. Say, for example, if you it knows you want to leave here and go to Miami, and then when mm. you're in Miami, you want to um, check out the food, and then you know probably go on a boat ride. Yeah. Uh, the app would actually have all that in place and set everything up. You know um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's it was that's the the conversations that we we're having back then. Um, awesome. And then uh, before same logic, we ran um, a, a product uh, that uh, was built uh, was focused on market research and conducting mm-hmm. remote focus groups. Um, And it read uh, emotions from both the vocal and facial um, uh, um, views. So what happened, um, we tracked the 26 uh, muscle groups in uh, a a respondent's face and then associate that with one of the seven emotions um, and then do the same thing for the vocal channel. But um, uh, we measure what's said um, and also the inflection Mm -hmm. points. Um and uh just like the tonation of of how something is said, and then correlate both both facial and vocal to actually give you like a read if there's any disparity there, so um, oh, wow. researchers could actually dig in a bit more to see what's happening in in, hmm. in this area so um I think that was like the first push we actually had and in, into the the AI um space with that product, and then with building same logic um hmm. we've taken. A lot of principles from that because we are a product that one helps companies to be customer centric mm-hmm. by giving them a product that they can uh, pretty much ask questions around about everything and right. anywhere within their website. So you attach a micro survey, they respond um, with uh, either qualitative or quantitative questions, um, and from that we can gauge you know like what people really feel about certain things um, mm-hmm. and just turn the product more into not something that's based only on numbers, not based Mm. only on, um, you know, clicks and like the time viewed, but also understanding what do the clicks mean, Mm. you know? Um, so that's what we're building. Um, same logic.
1: Right on. And that first company, was that, uh, Yes. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, actually,
0: um, so the, the product that we entered the Microsoft Imagine Cup with, um, that was, um, Zormus as well. So we had like one product okay. before that. That gotcha. that w- I, I would say like that would be our true foray into the AI space because we had okay. to do, um, uh, a bit of um, the product itself was like a, a farming a resource allocation um mm. product. So if okay. one area needed particular resources, mm-hmm. would try to source. Um, uh, say for example, um, people there's a demand in the market for t- t- tomato ketchup, right? And mm-hmm. the factories don't have enough tomatoes, so would source like tomatoes from wherever nice. um, to get up to that to that limit. And then um, the ketchup would be available, you know, but it wasn't as detailed as what we build with the video um, survey product.
1: But yeah. Mm. Gotcha. So that for that first one, um, I'm always interested to hear kind of these unique applications of AI, right? um what was the the big challenge there? I mean I can just off the top of my head imagine some when you're dealing with supply chain and and all the complication there but what was the big challenge there
0: The biggest challenge I would say is um finding the right data sources mm. um uh also the engineering was a bit um challenging I didn't write most of the code um it was uh Mark Mes and Sean and Duran who were writing um the code for that um but yeah, it was it was very hard to actually find accurate sources of of, uh, of, of information so your models mm-hmm. could be like calibrated in the right way. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that would be was the hardest thing we had to do at that time.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. And then so the second application, that one was greatly What was kind of the thinking going into that? What made you want to kind of solve that problem of aligning what a person is saying with kind of their you know um, nonverbal emotions?
0: Yes. Um so so actually um Grickly is a, a was a business networking product. Um what you're okay. mentioning, the video survey product was like the product oh. before we were building what we are building now. I see I see logic. Okay. okay. Um got it. But uh Grickly was a um a business networking application in partnership okay. with Microsoft. Um, gotcha, gotcha. And we built the product in such a way where when you have uh, the app uh, mm-hmm. on on your phone and say, for example, you go to a networking session, mm-hmm. everyone who you, you you spoke to who has the app on their phones, you'd be connected with them based on proximity. Okay. Um, and then when you get home, you can like see exactly. You can just, you know, a- add who you've been around
1: based on mm. um, what what happened. Uh, so, I see. so, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's almost like a uh, kind of like a no touch version of LinkedIn. Pretty exactly, exactly. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. I can see how that would be really useful. I mean, it's kind of like uh, taking that extra step from those like uh, those products where you tap your phone, you know, and yeah. then you get your business card. It's almost like that, but a little bit more streamlined and efficient. Yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. Okay, so let's let's get back into same logic. So. Let's talk about what made you want to tackle this problem, right? Um, User feedback and product teams are, it's a hot topic. It's something that always comes up. How do you get the voice of the user into the product? Um, Was there any like experiences in particular that led you to kind of want to solve that?
0: Yeah, um, it's a problem that I had, you know, it's Mm -hmm. a problem that like every founder that I know had getting like accurate feedback and Mm -hmm. just knowing what to build at the right time. um it it has caused me to make so many poor decisions in previous uh, companies and on previous teams Mm -hmm. um so i was like if i'm going to build something it has to be something that will solve like some of the deepest problems or the hardest problems that i have when building products um and my co-founder like shares the same um the the same passion for that as Mm -hmm. well um so so yeah, so pretty much, um, uh, when he was working at um, Auth Zero, uh, mm-hmm. he was on the growth team at Auth Zero. They ran like a few experiments um, to see exactly, you know, um, what users would actually want. Uh, mm-hmm. If they're actually clicking on the, the the thing and also like conducting a small survey afterwards, but the entire process was broken. Um, so we're like, we we want to see if other people want this so we like we wrote some blogs um we made some mocks and we shared it on hacker news um shared it on linkedin twitter um -hmm. we had a small blog going as well and what kind of gave us that um that oomph to actually start writing code um Mm -hmm. and building this out was when we spoke to um, yashna lapati who is one of the co-founders slash founding engineer uh, off um at at pinterest Mm -hmm. um he's like man if i had this like we'd have built we've built pinterest so much faster yeah um and when he said that that was like all right cool we need to mm-hmm. we need to like probably build this out. so we built the very first version had like a few testers um and we raised um around of funding and pretty much it has gotten us to to this stage where we are we're still pretty much ironing out like a few things when it comes mm-hmm. on to the experience um but we've been using the feedback so far to actually like make sure the core that we're building Mm-hmm. Um, can be very um malleable and kind of more adaptive um right. and uh you know just to make sure that as soon as we make UI improvements and and start to scale and start to uh, like automate many different mm-hmm. things it just flows as the way it should um so so yeah gotcha
1: very cool and, and would you mind um for the listeners just kind of describing what same logic does from like a you know nuts and bolts boots on the ground perspective
0: yeah for sure um so uh imagine you are Uh, a product manager, right? Mm. And you want to test um, a share feature within a dashboard. People have been asking, look, um, I want to have an easier way to share like these metrics Mm. um, uh, rather than actually taking a screenshot and sending an email. Mm. Um, So if enough people are asking for this, the way you can actually test this is by um, adding what they call a painted door within the product. Mm. Um, So the painted door would be like, a replica of what, like the share button would 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 be, right? Mm. So the, it, it, it serves two purposes: to see if people are clicking or if people right. are not clicking. If I people see. are not clicking, that means that probably you should not build it. You know, mm. it makes no sense in building it. But if people are clicking it, and you get responses from them about why they're clicking it, you could mm. see exactly how this share button should be built. Um, what things they would like to to share like different things you can actually get very very Mm -hmm. like surgical with it um to build the best the best the most cohesive experience for your users um and secondly um that survey mechanism that i mentioned um Mm -hmm. is something that can be used within the entire product it can be used to just measure how uh the, the engagement or the the journey of customers are through various parts of the product and also very useful for um for for uh, for con, uh, conversion rate um, optimization, mm-hmm. um, and also for for testing um, so for price testing, um, gotcha. to see exactly what people think about something if it's too high, too low, it just makes sure you're having the product should actually breathe with information, mm-hmm. and we're giving the product that exactly.
1: I see. So it's basically saying you know, you could go like i guess feature test this with a whole bunch of random testers do it exactly. in like this weird controlled landing page environment or you could just like have your actual users give you feedback right exactly exactly i see i see makes a lot of sense and are you guys doing anything with the um the survey uh kind of responses from like an unstructured data perspective yes so what we're doing
0: right now we're building a data lake to mm-hmm. see for the various use cases that people have mm-hmm. what are the commonalities between what they're requesting um, and how they're requesting it, what things they would actually gotcha. like, um, uh, because the ultimate goal for Same Logic is not forever to be a, a product survey company or mm. um, or concept testing company. Right. We want to make it so that products write themselves with user feedback, and that's the oh, ultimate goal. So having something that is, is, it it maintains itself, mm. um, it builds itself based on fa- user feedback. You. Yeah can build products much, much faster and much more efficient using uh, customer feedback.
1: 100%. Let's talk about, because um, I have a lot of product managers and product people in the audience. Let's talk about kind of the process without a tool like Same Logic for how people are currently doing this, right? Because I can say from firsthand experience, it's not exactly the most efficient process, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it's not. Uh, and like gets very fragmented, um, you know, yeah. uh, so. So, yeah, so pretty much a lot of people, um, they tend to want... I, I think the best approach that people mm. are using now are, are ones where you have an engaged community. Um, mm. And the community, the, if you have um, a build-in public uh, strategy, you know, people can actually leave their feedback and like, tell you exactly right. what they like, what they don't like. But on the flip side, um, mm. when, th- when things are siloed, nothing really gets done because no one understands what's happening. Um, and all the data could lead to one person or one department or one team. Um, if there's no, um, cross functionality or collaboration between a lot of teams, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a uh, it's going to be very, very hard. So, um, we're also allowing teams to be more cohesive as well. So that's one of mm-hmm. the other, um, things that we're, we're kind of pushing with same logic. Um, but at the same time, um, yeah, it's, it's very fragmented. Um, yeah. and the, the entire process, all the processes, need to, you know, be very streamlined.
1: No, hundred percent. I, uh, it's funny. I mean, the listeners will probably recognize this is out of all the podcasts I've done. This is, I think I've probably mentioned data silos in every one of them, right. Cause it's such a huge problem. Uh, and it's one that I, I see so many AI products coming around to kind of fix, right. Especially, uh, with, I think a lot of people are, are beyond the the scarcity kind of mindset mm. when it comes to data. It's almost like, we have too much data there's too much abundance of data in every department and none of it is talking to each other and none of it is in the same place and actually usable right mm. um, so for your guys' perspective if you were you know going to work with a company what would be your first recommendation for them as far as just getting their kind of data together getting it into you know one concise place where they can can actually leverage it properly
0: um uh, data in terms of
1: uh what kind of user feedback um yeah uh, i mean i would say holistically so obviously like the user feedback are you guys like uh using like an sdk something like that
0: uh for uh, internally you no know, like we're, we're we did have an sdk but now we're just like an integration into um, okay, gotcha. your website so we we're, gotcha, we don't have gotcha. mobile um applicability as yet but um but yeah pretty much we're we're um just uh, a, a uh, integration uh, with a link, or you can actually use um a Google tag manager to, to okay. um, install the product.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know the marketers love tag manager or hate, yes. it, you know, love hate. Right. <laughs> um, very cool. Okay. So yeah, moving forward a little bit. So in the process of, you know, you working and, and developing on same logic, uh, what has been some of the most surprising feedback that you've seen coming in from your, your surveys?
0: Hmm. Um. So what we can speak about um, is cohesively, um, what we've seen is that a lot of times people pay attention to what is being said and not how it's being said, Mm. you know, Um, sometimes, um, for example, like a user could come on and say, like, I can't see a particular feature or I can't do a particular thing but mm. when you kind of dig deeper into it they're probably saying it's not easy enough or it's not you know it's, it's it's a bit more nuanced than what they're saying right um so a lot of times you have to like read between the lines and like probably just like listen to what they're not saying i think is is, is the best um example mm. and having that pulse on the product can actually help you to paint a better picture of everything okay. um so one of the the persons who um led um, us down this route because we're going to be not we're going to be like a bit more um uh, quantitative using like Mm -hmm. thumbs up and thumbs down um Mm -hmm. but was a a google researcher um uh, the name is slipping me right now but we had a call um with him and um he was like yeah we you can't really get a really clear picture of what is happening Mm -hmm. without without qualitative feedback um and uh I mean, to me, like that was like the, the the bread and butter right there because like you can yeah. actually like paint a really really clear picture about um, what's happening, mm-hmm. um, and with a bit of analysis, you can you know just see you know like in a big picture what everyone else is saying uh, right. as a as a collabor- as a cohesive group.
1: Gotcha. Do you guys use um, GPT for that um, to kind of help parse that unstructured data?
0: Yes, uh so we're okay. using um uh we're using GPT-4 for, for analysis. Uh in the current product right now, we have um the only if people want like deeper analysis, we actually like to be honest we do all of that manually. Okay. <laughs> um gotcha. Gotcha. uh we we uh just allow the only thing that's automatic is uh, us um pretty much um just, you know, structuring. Users can it's like a self-serve experience. Mm. Um so we have like a few things that uh we need to test first before um, optimizing it for scale, you yeah. know? Um, so yeah. we have to like, yeah, so we're doing a bit of things a bit manually there. Um, uh, I also like to see exactly how the the, the outputs would actually look mm. and to give us a better idea of how we should actually build mm. or scaffolding, you know, based on the, the outputs that are performed and how things can be improved or a bit more nuanced for this specific use case. Mm. Um, but yeah, we're using that.
1: Got it, got it. And, and you mentioned earlier that you're kind of now dipping your, your toe into marketing and sales and whatnot. How has that transition been for you? And do you guys have kind of like a an idea of what your motion is going to look like, whether it be sales-led, product-led?
0: Yeah, we're primarily product-led right now. But I think gotcha. um, based on what we've seen happening in the space and how the space operates, mm-hmm. for, for bigger tickets, uh, it's going to be a bit of sales-led. Mm-hmm. But I've been seeing... A really nice transition happening in SaaS, where um, there are a lot, there, there, really huge deals that are being closed like very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're seeing exactly how we can understand a, that space a bit more, um, that cycle a bit more, because nothing mm-hmm. hurts more than having a long sales cycle um, yeah. that has like a, a huge ticket value at the end, because you will always just be it's going to feel like running on a hamster wheel after a while. Um, totally. So things have to happen very quickly. So yeah, we're focused on that. Um, so, yeah, hopefully product led just leads us through.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. And are you guys keen in kind of on that product manager persona?
0: Uh yeah, well, the we have multiple personas for <clears throat> different use cases. Gotcha. Um the three we target are um uh product managers, mm-hmm. uh UX uh engineers and researchers and product marketing mm-hmm. managers. Um gotcha. product marketing usually deal with like copy testing um mm-hmm. Just making sure the wording is right, uh, different things like that, um, right. to like target a certain audience. So, um, for UX, it's all about like usability and like mm-hmm. getting answers around how things to be should be designed, like different right. things like that. And for product managers, it could be a what myriad of things, right? A product mm-hmm. manager has to understand exactly what's happening with what right. they're responsible for. So they pretty much have like the most use cases for this product.
1: Gotcha. Makes sense. Yeah. That, um, the product manager persona is always fun, right? Cause it's, there's mm. so many different responsibilities and roles and you've got technical product managers, you've got marketing minded product managers. Exactly. I mean, they can be just about anything, right?
0: Exactly. It's a, it's a very, um, you have to be a chameleon to be a product manager.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. 100%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Both a chameleon, uh, and very, I'd say resilient Yes, right? yes. There's yes. a lot of uh, going back and forth between stakeholders. Yeah. Um, so kind of like reflecting on your journey, looking back at at all these companies um, that you founded, do you feel like at this point in your career that has informed the way that you approach entrepreneurship?
0: Yes, yeah, so it has to. You know, um, uh, one of the things that I think um, I've learned the most over the the last uh, few years is just like resilience it's a very mm-hmm. generic response but yeah. like saying it is one thing but like experiencing it is like totally. something else you know yeah um having the grit to push through when things mm-hmm. are hard and having the level-headedness to operate the way you should operate when things are going well i think right. is probably the biggest thing i've, I've learned you know um I was talking with one of our our founding engineer um the other day and he was like yeah dude it seems like nothing phases you <laughs> like um yes it does phase me at times to time but you know you have to yeah. approach everything with a level head you know right. um so it's uh I think that's like the 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 key thing just being resilient yeah. and keep on pushing through and if things are faster or slow just keep the same pace and mm-hmm. um when you have that momentum nothing you're unstoppable you know nothing right. can stop you
1: no hundred percent. Do you feel like you were, that you kind of already had that, that leadership kind of, you know, uh, inside you when you, uh, started, uh, your entrepreneurship journey or no. is it something that you learned over time? No, I, I, I,
0: I, even to this point, I don't, don't even think of myself as a leader. If, if something needs to get done, like it has to get done, right? Mm-hmm, if there's an opportunity mm-hmm. there, you know, like someone has to do it and like, yeah. I I don't think anyone who's a CEO like honestly wants to be a CEO because it's a very it's not something that's easy, you know. Yeah. Um you have like a lot of reward at the end for sure, but um yeah, you have to be juggling so many hats and it's not yeah. something that you're you see instant rewards for for the most right. uh, in the most in the most cases, right? Mm-hmm. So um so yeah, I would I would say that that's 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 the case. Um yeah, just as I said before, like being resilient and just pushing forward. So yeah.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. So kind of pivoting to like success. Right. Um, so Grickly, right. Is, uh, at least from the numbers I was seeing is the largest business networking tool in the Caribbean. Right. It was, was, um, was. we shuttered. Okay. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Uh, but like that... second, second to LinkedIn actually. okay um, gotcha. so we had like a, a huge amount of people using, um, the, the product, um, and then we were based. We were faced with like a lot of issues. Like we mm. pretty much couldn't afford to keep operations up. Um, and we're also looking to pivot into the North American mm. industry. But okay. at the same time, the structure that we had um, company-wise wouldn't allow mm. us to accept U.S.-based inve- investment at that time. So okay. we had to understand, you know, what place is the best place to actually set up and everything. I think a year after that, um, Stripe announced that they they're launching Stripe Atlas, mm-hmm. so that's what we use to set up our um an or incorporation in the U.S. Um, and gotcha. then from our frequent trips and like the, the 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 things that we've built, the people that we've mm-hmm. interacted with, um, uh, I was able to to come to the country, um, on an O-1 visa. The O-1 okay. is pretty much um what they give like noble 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 uh, laureates and like PhD students and PhD mm-hmm. um graduates, different things like that. Mm. um and i'm i wouldn't consider myself like to be an expert at anything um but but yeah that's uh pretty much um the 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 the, the role um the grind that happens so so yeah
1: you're in uh you said DMV right yes right now very cool do you like it it's a very
0: interesting uh area um i uh I, one one of the things I kind of like about the area is that um, one of our investors, <laughs> they mm. they were um, uh, they ran the, the city for a while, uh, Adrian Fenty. Oh. Um, oh, okay. So that helps me to, to get a, a better understanding of like the yeah. culture of the area, um, the DC area as well. Um, my wife grew up in the area, okay, um, gotcha. so nice. she understands like a lot of things happening around and everything like that. Okay. Um, but I'm between like here in San Francisco, I'm more a San Francisco person than d m v okay. um gotcha. because like the vibe in san francisco I don't know it's like the weather is nothing like Jamaica, but mm. it reminds me I feel like home there because okay. I can go like ten twenty miles to the north and like my phone doesn't work so I can actually like you know be in a, a like have some some period of where I kind of recharge without my phone going mm-hmm. off and then come back yeah. down um and yeah, like the just the the entire vibe of the the place is not really brick and mortar. It's more like thinking about scale in the future, you know. So, mm. so those are two different things. But apart from that, as well, um, here's rich in history. I love history a lot. Mm. Um, uh, history is one of the, the the subjects I studied in high school. And um, the more and more I spend time here, the more and more I have deeper appreciation for American history and world history. Um, so it's uh, and also like having my wife here, it kind of just makes mm. it, you know, it balances it out. You know, so it's I'm great.
1: Sure. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right in the middle of it in both yeah. cases, right? Yeah. Um, cool. Well, I'd love to uh, kind of talk and we'll get back into um, the into same logic. But first, I'd just like to kind of talk about you as a founder, what you do mm-hmm. in order to stay effective outside of work, right? So, like, we talk about, like, the grind and grit a lot. But what I don't usually hear founders talking about is, like, being human. Right, like obviously, you have a life outside of work still. What are some of the things that you do to just kind of like try and maintain as healthy a balance as possible? Mm.
0: Um, I don't believe in balance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's it's a weird thing. Um, I might be. Let me explain that. Um, I don't really see work as work, you Mm -hmm. know, and I don't see like socializing as. Being only social, you know, mm. um, it's it's an it's an experience, and I think yes, you do have most t- times when you need to like be like, yes, I'm just, I have like this these five hours, I'm just gonna be locked in for a while. Mm. But at, at the same time, you know, um, I, I don't I don't really have most that I switch, you know, it's just mm. like if I'm having a really good conversation, I need to be having the best possible conversation. You know, mm. um, if I'm doing something I need to be doing to the best of my ability, it's I just that I, I kind of see it that way, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's, uh, it's all about like, we're here for a very short period of time. So like right. treating everything as an experience, uh, I think you kind of see the real beauty in things, even when they're not going that well, you know? Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't really think about modes and think about balance. I just think about like, am I doing this to the best of my ability and should I be here? I should, I be doing this, you know? So, right. so yeah.
1: I see. I uh, I just watched the uh, documentary on Arnold Schwarzenegger. It gave a honestly a somewhat similar answer, which oh, is really? kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Which is like, uh, you know, you have fun, you work, yeah. you have fun, and you work, and they they blend. It's not like a oh, two wow. different things, right? It's well, like we're... you... Yeah, yeah. No, it's on Netflix. If you if you get a chance, it's actually pretty good. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it kind of also goes into his background as like an entrepreneur and stuff, and it was a mm. lot more extensive than I knew. But mm. uh, yeah, I, I like your answer. Um, Yeah, for sure. Thanks. (laughs) So, you know, like a lot of young entrepreneurs um, would look up to you, to people like you who have had like multiple ventures. Let's talk about like some of the, you know, gritty, difficult parts of that journey. Like what has been kind of your guiding force um, to get through those things? um, And how have you managed to kind of keep your head above water
0: during those times? Kind of just remembering why you started. Mm. You know, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a very uh, as a founder, yeah. CEO, entrepreneur, whatever. It's it's ups and downs, right? Yeah. Um, and the very first time I experienced like something really really bad in the company was when we had to shutter um, quickly because like we were mm-hmm. all over the papers and yeah. um, in Jamaica, um, like we had like a lot of users, um, but we weren't weren't turning revenue, you know, so we couldn't mm-hmm. keep running um and uh and yeah we had to like get to a point we had to pull the plug and i was i was depressed you know it was like very something very hard and during that time i kind of really like just had a deep period of introspection to see exactly you know what went wrong how can i prevent that from happening in the future and how could i like be a better person how can i make myself better from that entire experience um and I think as a person, you're supposed to go through moments like that mm-hmm. because it's just like music, right? Like when you play mm. a key, you know, like the only way you hear that key is because there's an up and down. It's a wave. Like sometimes we move faster. Sometimes we move slower. But um, life can't all be just good, you know, yeah. it has a little bit of bad. Um, so just remembering that like whenever you have bad moments, good moments follow usually right after. Is mm. That's the experience, you know? And right. that's what makes a story like enjoyable and movies enjoyable. So, so yeah.
1: No, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. It wouldn't be a good story without conflict. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, myself actually, I, I shuttered my business, um, a little over a year and a half ago. It was a marketing agency. So I can definitely, um, I definitely empathize with you there. Right. Like it's, mm. it's hard, you know, killing your yes. own baby like that. Um, but it's always about the next thing, right? It's exactly. always like, let's get on to the next opportunity. Let's make it happen.
0: Exactly. And just appreciating the moment, you know, like take it as Mm. a learning moment. L stands for learning, you know?
1: Right. (laughs) 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 That's going to be a clip for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So uh, kind of pivoting back a little bit to AI, right? So Mm -hmm. AI is becoming more and more ingrained in our lives, right? Generative AI has been a big part of that. What are some of the ethical considerations that you think are important, right? Because like, me personally, I hear you know Sam Altman talking about like extinction level risks, and it seems a little out there to me, to be mm-hmm. honest. But I do think that there's a lot of grounded, you know, real issues that need to be dealt with in the industry. Are there any that kind of stand out to you?
0: I think probably just having like a more, um, for lack for or for lack of a better, I'm um, wording. I think more a more mm-hmm. like more diverse models, yeah. you know, that kind of understand us who we are as a collective. Um mm-hmm. uh that's something that's always been talked about. Um, but the more and more you kind of spend time with um uh these models, you kind of realize that they're like blind spots, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and those blind spots affect how well, affect what results right. come out, right? right? Um so not diver- diversity only in race, but diversity in like the types of information that are is being consumed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can actually give a bit more rational answer. Um and also, you know, just have a better picture of what um what what, what, what actually is in the world. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I think that as well. And also um I think this would be like more on the things that should be thought about as well. Yeah. Um having not only like emotions, but probably if we really want to build because the reason why we're building these models is to, to model mm-hmm. how humans uh speak how we communicate and everything like that but having a way to associate like like smells with certain things Mm -hmm. you know um i think you'd see like some a bit more nuanced answer i guess you know um i don't i really don't know how to explain this but i I think that's one thing that we've kind of like avoided like ignored a lot Mm We have hearing obviously we we kind of have like uh, only only like touch and smell you know kinda are eluded there, so um so yeah uh yeah, it was like a we went all off way off tangent, but like i think no, that's no, no. something I, that's missing
1: <laughs> i i definitely think like um so I, I recently read uh it's here somewhere, super intelligence by uh mm-hmm. Nick Bostrom, where he talks yeah. about kind of like what a g i is actually gonna look like right yes. and and one of the uh I believe one of the models that he proposes for us getting there is essentially like what you said, right? Like, Mm. um, lingual intelligence, verbal intelligence. Like these are, are just types of intelligence. Exactly. Our brain is a representation of all of these different types of intelligences interacting, evolving alongside each other and with each other in a way that when you compare that to like an LLM, it makes it pretty stark how not AGI that is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So no, I, I completely agree with you there. Um, are there any kind of like emerging technologies, trends, approaches that get you excited right now? Um,
0: I really love what's happening, uh, in product right now. Um, mm. so if we, if we kind of like go all the way back to, um, how, um, uh, UX kind of was dominated by, or became dominated by, mm. um, by frameworks you know um right now as a team like a startup team like when before we had like all these um frameworks yeah you had to like invest so much time in building all like all these components all the the interactions every single thing and mm-hmm. these frameworks um took over all of that you know so you can increase the bandwidth uh, uh increase the speed at which you move to build really great products with really great experiences right mm-hmm. um even for, for, uh, for design as well, for, for user interface design, um, we've seen how that transition has happened from you know, um, from Photoshop to, to Sketch to um, now Figma, right? And now Figma has like so many different integrations, so many different templates that even someone who doesn't, has, has like the bare, like the smallest understanding of how user experience design and user interface design is supposed to happen mm-hmm. is kind of automating. Uh, they can automate that entire process and like tell an engineering team, this is what I actually want. And then the engineering team, the front end and back end actually design like that using the frameworks. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're seeing that happen now for software, right? Um, VS code, obviously. Um, But like one of the areas that don't really get as much attention is product Mm -hmm. management, you know, Mm -hmm. and seeing how like product management could be automated um with these um these models these algorithms um Total. and seeing how a lot of the work that a product manager does mm-hmm. can be automated to make the product manager like a super product okay. manager right <laughs> you know yeah. um so that's what i'm kind of really excited for um to see how they can you know <laughs> structure and lead much better um understand mm-hmm. you know like the, the pulse of the product the real pulse of the product understand the product voice the customer voice different things like that having the totally. product speak to them and them speak back to the product and the product responds, you know so i think that's the future and that's where we're kind of going
1: yeah 100 no, percent. i completely yeah. agree i think that's going to be the next big wave of of ai companies especially right exactly Just Ones focusing in on that that workflow yeah um it's really interesting i uh so from like a uh a pure product perspective, how do you see that that role changing? Right, because like I, with all of these kind of technologies that I think are right on the cusp, I think um, so. One of the things that I write about quite a bit is the difference between individual value and organizational value, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like um, like your company is one that kind of bridges that divide, right? Because if you're mm-hmm. a product manager, you want to do your job by you know leading from user, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's just built into the code of who you are as a PM. But then your company and your product is gonna benefit massively from that, right? So I, I kind of see there being a lot of organizational value there as well. Um, but the big criticism that's been lobbed at a lot of AI companies to this point is that they don't provide that organizational value. Do you mm. see this as kind of being the first step into, I would almost say like crossing the chasm into kind of bridging from just early adopters into you know that general audience?
0: Mm. It's a very interesting question. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> mm. I'm not sure. Um, the the thing I'm sure of is that um anything that you add a layer of network effects to um mm. and you have all the nodes kind of pulsing at the same time and you understand why the nodes are pulsing, you have a better understanding of like what's happening. Mm. Um. So I I really don't have a I don't think I have a direct response for that question. I have to think about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no worries. I mean I think that uh you guys are answering it regardless, right? So yeah. we'll we'll see, yeah. Um so I, I do want to point out you uh you received the most influential person of African descent award from the UN in twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. What what was that like, right? I mean, as a, a black man in tech, um as you know, an, an immigrant uh in tech, what did that mean to you? Um It was cool. <laughs>
0: I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it was cool um so uh when I got the nomination i was um i was surprised um mm. because I don't really think I'm that well known I don't think i'm well known um <laughs> uh I just won uh I like building great things, I like having really mm. good conversations um yeah. so I think that helps um when I found out, I was I was very surprised. Um, I was over the moon. Um, it was it was it was cool, and uh, I think who was more pr- I was actually more proud to share share with my parents. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <'cause>, um, <laughs> yeah. They were they were um, really surprised with that as well. So um, yeah, it was a very very cool moment. You know, um, it, it kind of gave you some like a little bit of validation. Obviously, you're not. Um, it wasn't a product that you built that for them. That' why they were saying mm. that. Um, but yeah, it it, it was great.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a real parent pleaser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome, yeah. man. So, um, kind of lastly, uh, I like to ask my guest this: What is your biggest hot take on tech, on AI, on anything
0: right now? Mm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, like everyone's saying it now, though, like user centricity,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: Um. But not just like saying, "Yeah, I conduct surveys. Yeah, I have like focus groups. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. all that." Just really understand who they are yeah. and like why they're doing this. Understand if you know, like, do they have a family? You know, or do right. they have like what what problems are they having? Not saying you're supposed to be a therapist, you know, but like right. try to be human, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and just really understand um, the reasons why people are using your product and like who they are as a person, so you mm-hmm. can kind of have a more cohesive community. And when yeah. the community feels that they're like heard, not only like for their knowledge, but like validated for who they are. Right. Um. That's how you build trust. And that's how you build, um, that's how you build a company, you know? Cause a company is nothing without people, without users and employees. So yeah.
1: 100%. No, absolutely. It's all about, yeah. you know, making the people who believe in you, uh, see that you believe in yourself and that you believe in them, right? Exactly. Um, that you take their feedback seriously and that you're willing to uh, do what it takes to implement it for sure. Well, Dwayne, this has been a fantastic conversation. Um, everybody can find you at same logic, I'm sure, but where else can they find you on socials anywhere like that?
0: Oh yeah, sure. So on Twitter, I'm at Dwayne Samuels, LinkedIn, Dwayne Samuels, search Dwayne Samuels. Um, hardly use Facebook now, but yeah, um, I have Dwayne Samuels on Facebook as Dwayne Samuels everywhere. So, so, yeah, and the company's at same logic, uh on instagram and at same logic ai on uh twitter
1: perfect awesome yeah. you heard them guys go check them out
0: <laughs> thanks Dwayne. no problem thanks for having me my pleasure